College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. And new customers, you can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets. You heard that right. $200 in free bets if the team you pick wins. It's that simple. If they win, you win. And... If DraftKings Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play for free pools all March long uh, for the shot of a share of over $250,000 in prices. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round? Or who will hit the most three-pointers? Then track your results. have they let us do blake they've brought on me as the host of the schooner pod bobby is on his honeymoon and it's just me and you and we're going to talk a little bit about college basketball today uh how does it feel um just us two in here i feel a little bit like i could say something bad and just screw things up yeah i'm i'm a little worried for myself after what's transpired over the last 24 hours i feel like i need the strict bobby here to make sure i don't say anything that i regret later and i know he's probably on his vacation and won't be listening to this and editing it fully so i feel like i have free reign to say whatever i want right now without bobby cutting it out okay please tell me that this is not bobby right now in the comments with nick collison layups oh no this man is on his honeymoon in the bahamas right now listening to us live because he's nervous obviously he gives us the keys and we're rooming we're reading ads this time we're doing whatever we need to do i'm taking over for the week but we're going to talk about college basketball and since we're an OU podcast um i mean i know you're not an OU fan blake but i feel like we have to talk about what happened with OU basketball and the NIT and even though it's the NIT and it's march mad not march madness um, they put up a fight and they lost to St. Bonaventure on a very rare Sunday night college basketball game in Norman. And uh, it was it was really sad. But overall, Umoja Gibson played amazing. He showed that like he's the creator of this basketball team. He's something special the way he played at the end of the season. Um, but didn't get the job done. St. Bonaventure just got really hot from three and just hit more big shots in Oklahoma, taking him down. Um, after watching the way OU ended this season, Blake, and what we saw in the Big 12 tournament, uh, do you think OU deserved a tournament bid over a team like a Wyoming that did not look that good in the play-in game? See, I don't like to be so hindsight 2020 because Wyoming lost their play-in game. They shouldn't have deserved it. But I do think OU should have been in this tournament, and the team they should have replaced was Notre Dame. I don't understand why Notre Dame was in this tournament. Their resume didn't didn't give credence for them being there. But of course, like Notre Dame goes on a little hot run, even looked good against Texas Tech yesterday. Like they looked fantastic. So it's like kind of like TCU and Ohio State. It's like TCU should have been over Ohio State in the playoff, but 
Ohio State won the championship, and it's like hard because it's like you can't be that like you can't be that hindsight and have credibility. But look, I think OU should have been there. It made no sense. We saw how strong the Big Twelve was. We should have had four teams in the Sweet Sixteen. This conference is for real. OU deserved their shot. So I think over Notre Dame or Rutgers, those are like the two teams I'm going to pick on. I wanted Rutgers in there just because they're a fun team, but uh, should have been over Notre Dame for sure. Yeah, when you come down and look at it, that really made a lot of sense, especially whenever you're talking about Ken Palm. After I'm pretty sure after OU beat Missouri State, they moved up to like 20, like seventh or 28th in the Ken Palm ratings, um, which is just ridiculous for a team who didn't make the tournament. But after watching that Rutgers Notre Dame play-in game, I was like, okay, I feel fine about this. I understand, you know, Wyoming definitely deserved it, and I'm just being salty because I hate that school, um, but. Notre Dame and Rutgers, when they played each other back and forth, it looked like a legitimate game of really good teams. And it was okay. It made me feel a little bit better about OU missing the tournament because I don't, you don't know what you're going to get from OU every single night. They don't have the, some of the creators that Rutgers and Notre Dame have. Um, I just feel like they're much better basketball teams than us, even though we showed a lot throughout um, the end of the season in terms of growing our offensive ability to create and get shots whenever we were in a really rough stretch in like January and February of trying to create offense. I agree. It's like OU's, uh, the, OU's whole problem this year was just consistency. It was they really did have the talent to be good teams. We saw it against Texas Tech. We saw it against Baylor. But you just in, – in a league as hard as the Big 12, you just got to string together more than – four or five wins in the conference in order to make the tournament just because that is hard for the committee to stomach whenever it's like they look at your conference record it's like yikes like you beat one good team but like we you had a lot of missed opportunities there so Mm -hmm. yeah it was it was tough and there you know there was a couple things that could have went OU's way at the end of the season but all in all it's not like we're going to make a big run I like there's a lot of deficiencies in this teams that obviously show their colors in the year 2022 to where it's like, okay, we missed the tournament. I'm sad about it, but that's more of a selfish thing because I wanted to have a little bit more investment in them come March Madness time. But moving on quickly from that, because, you know, OU basketball is dead and gone and the NIT is not that big of a deal. Kind of looking forward um, in the future at this team, there's a lot of seniors with a possible year of eligibility left um, that could come back in that special COVID year. Emoja Gibson absolutely being the biggest one. Um, the way he's ended this season, to be completely frank with you, um, I don't see any reason why he should come back. I feel like he is, you know, like very small and is a great shooter and he's gotten hot to where if he wants to go off and play in Europe, he will have money to go play there. If he comes back for another year, this guy's already finished like his master's at OU. Um, I don't know what else he has here for another year of his, um, you know, education. And it's not going to propel him into the NBA. I just don't think he has the body type nor the play style to succeed in a really physical game in the pros. So I, I could see him coming back. I don't see why he would. You know, Tanner Groves, I feel like your best chance to make that move because his little brother still has, you know, is a junior and him being a senior. If he has that year of eligibility, I could see him coming back. And then Jordan Goldwire has already said that he's gone and this is his last year. So um, that's kind of like the autopsy report for OU moving forward. But Blake, what we really want to talk about, obviously, is March Madness. And that's what everyone's talking about right now. And I would hate to continue to talk about it without giving you your little spiel on what happened to the Frogs 
first. And we'll talk about the rest of the tournament after that. But what happened to the Frogs? What happened um, with the fans chanting overrated that therefore leaded y'all to have horrible karma for the rest of the game? Yeah, so I I will stand by that. I think Arizona was a little overrated that game. Like they have multiple first round picks on their team, like we're gonna see this year. They have an incredibly talented roster, and honestly, was getting bodied by a school that's uh, significantly less talented, not as well coached. Like the advanced analytics backed it up. Jamie Dixon is the worst coach in March Madness this year, and he we still brought that performance out. But look. Arizona like doesn't deserve crap in this tournament. I didn't realize I watched them <laughs> a little bit this year. I watched them a little bit this year, but didn't get the full uh, extent of them. Like I understood Kirk Carissa is a little annoying on the court, but taking it a little too far after the game by mocking us during our alma mater, like have some respect for the gladiator you just fought in overtime when you're a number one seed could have been the number one overall seed and you're already celebrating in the round of 32 like you just won the championship like that's not a championship pedigree program in my opinion same reason like mark few his disciple there he hasn't won the big one i don't see arizona winning the big one with how they were acting last night they're not mature i don't want any of those i don't want any of those arizona players on the thunder like i've already established that and look like just because fans were chaining that doesn't mean uh does not make the fact better that we got screwed out of the chance to win the game uh whenever you double team a guy and push him across half court there's two results that can come from that it's either a backcourt violation or it's a foul none of them were called yesterday the 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 clock operator stopped the clock because they thought a foul was going to be called and nothing happened and then, uh, like, of course, we got gifted the uh, gifted the dunk gone wrong. But and at the time, it wasn't as bad because I'm like, we still have overtime to win this. But the rest were so bad the entire time that we had, oh, like, our whole starting lineup had four fouls, and so we just ended up getting screwed because of that. And it's just like all of our guys fouled out. You can't run with a team that's so talented and deep like Arizona with five extra minutes of the game. Like it's just like we're set up to fail there. Uh, so coming from this, like I'm super proud of how TC played, and it's one of those. It kind of rivals in my mind. It's like 2014 TCU football. I was, I just feel like those are kind of those two sports moments in my mind that were taken from me by powers that were not on the field. It was not from the results of the team. It was purely by some other entity outside just being incompetent. The college football playoffs and the refs yesterday. And so I just feel like every single sports moment I've had with these great TCU teams has been denied for something just not on the field. Like, I was sad about the Cowboys' loss in the playoffs, but that's because they played like crap that day. I was sad about the Thunder losing to the Heat and the Warriors in the playoffs growing up. But you know what? Like, it's because they played worse than those teams. TCU did not play worse than Arizona yesterday. They should have had the opportunity to go to the line and win that game. And now Arizona moves on, and it sucks. It sucks, but I'm cheering for literally every team against Arizona, just like going forward. Like, I hate Arizona more than probably Duke, San Diego State, like all, the, like, all my rivals combined. Like, I hate this Arizona <laughs> They suck. They're so not disciplined. I don't get it. Like, 
they in like Arizona's coach over there is consoling Eddie Lampkin at the end of the game. I'm like, go control your jackasses that are running up and down the floor taunting our fans. Like, actually, go be a coach for once, like you idiot. Like, and so he was doing it. He like. He was trying to get his Coach K moment there. He was trying to get his, like, little camera moment that he's consoling the opposite player. We don't want that. We want you to control your own players. And now I'm cheering for Houston, the Houston team that I hate. I hope Houston goes out there and just out-fundamentals them with the most boring basketball on earth. Because this team doesn't deserve a championship. They don't deserve a shot at a championship. They're undisciplined. They suck. And we should have won that game. Like, TCU should have been in the Sweet 16 and, like, that one's going to be a hard pill to swallow, even though we return just about every single player next year. Yeah, I'll say that that Houston game would have been a lot of fun, TCU matching up yeah. with them, because Houston was another team that got has gotten hot really well, like pretty much handling Illinois in that second half. Uh, Kyler Edwards, you know, continues to look good. Taze Moore also playing really well. Fabian White making a lot of big moments for that team. That's a team that I really liked um, coming into this tournament. I was like, you know, I felt I felt good about them taking down either Chattanooga or Houston, and then putting up an absolute fight versus this Arizona team. Um, I think that they're going to, that's going to be a really fun game, you know, obviously for you and your spite, but this Houston team's kind of hitting all the right points at the right time. This Houston team makes no sense. Going into the AAC championship, they had zero quad one wins the entire year. Got their first one versus Memphis in the championship. But this is what Houston does. They're fundamentally sound. If they go up against elite teams, they're going to struggle. But we saw against Illinois. Like, I think Illinois is a little undisciplined. They kind of rely on raw talent at times, which I think hurts them. And that is, like, and Houston was able to exploit that. I like the matchup versus Houston there, especially against a very undisciplined team in Arizona. We saw that. Like, I, I'm i glad Kirk Reese is playing because he really keeps his team – or he keeps the other team in games with the dumb shots he takes. So I'm excited. I hope Houston just crushes them. I hope Arizona fans are sad because, look, like you're not going to get to – like first-round NBA guys probably in the next five, ten years. Like, this is your only shot, so this is going to really suck if they don't win. Like – it's going to really suck for them because I don't think mm-hmm. they're coming back there anytime soon. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll continue to talk more about the March Madness after this quick ad break. All right. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, 21 plus restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. All right, back from that quick ad read, Blake. Obviously, the most fun thing, talking about sad moments in March Madness, you know, with your TCU Horn Frogs going down. The most fun, fun moment is my boy Doug in St. Pete. Coming out 15 seed, pulling, you know, like likes of the, you know, Florida Gulf Coast, likes of like the the Blow Bob, Oral Roberts, and now facing up against Purdue in the Sweet 16, a matchup that scares the living crap out of me for a team because I want to cheer for them so bad. Um, but can they handle the size and athleticism, Purdue? Do we have any sliver of hope to see more Doug? Please, please, because at least they did it. They did it first, Murray State, right? The thing that worries me, and I feel like what happened with Blow Bob and Florida Gulf Coast is like, 
you can get lucky on that weekend because it's like, okay, you blow past, like you get the two seed upset. And then probably your Murray State or your San Francisco, if any of their coaches are scouting ahead, they weren't scouting St. Peter's. They were putting all their focus to Kentucky. So they were probably having to scout out that game in 24 hours. Uh, something that's probably pretty hard to do, especially like I don't imagine <laughs> St. Peter's film. <laughs> Like, where they're filled, like, they probably spent, like, a few hours trying to locate that. So, I think having a week to prepare for a team like St. Pete's, like, doesn't bode well for them. I don't think Purdue's very good defensively, but, like, when you have a guy that's, like, 7-5 in the, like, center, they haven't played anything like that in the ma ma mac like, the double-A Mac. Uh, so... I don't think I think it's gonna go really ugly. And uh I know St. Pete's coach, I think he is rumored to take the Seton Hall job uh after the Moving after this game. So he got actually a really good like if you can get a power six job in college basketball after he wasn't even I think they were second, maybe your third in their conference and just from this run, like that's great. But I just I can't see them getting past Purdue. Man, I'm worried, you know, like like I was talking about the bigs, like um, Zach Eady um, going up against them. But if one thing, hey, St. Pete's also has time to scout Purdue. I bet you they weren't scouting Purdue beforehand. They were just worrying about the other team. So they get a full week. And guess what? Every single time Zach um, Eady gets the ball, he turns over his left shoulder and puts his elbow out every single time. Like, watch it. If you are a guy scouting that, I understand you trying to contest that shot. I'm flopping every single time he turns his shoulder. He does the same move every single time. If you get him in foul trouble and Jaden Ivey tries to play a little too much hero ball, which he can do and just has a bad night shooting because he's been shooting well this whole year. But like last year, he was not a good shooter. Like this, we are still trying to figure out if this season is a consistent trend for Jaden Ivey moving on into like his professional basketball career. Like, is he going to be a like a high-end 40%, 38% three-point shooter? Or is this just a fluke? So I'm not sold at all that he that he's going to have a wonderful night shooting. He could absolutely fall out. And if you get hot a couple three balls from St. Pete's, you never know. But I'm not feeling the most confident. But that's just my minor scouting report of Purdue. Yeah, I I agree with you. I just it's so hard to imagine this St. Pete's team in the Elite Eight. It's just so hard. Like, Purdue's still a quality team that has a lot of offensive firepower. You're basically just hoping you go shot to shot, like shot for shot with them, which is, like, not a good game plan, but that's honestly how, like, St. Pete's got here in the first place is that's how, like, as a 15 seed, that's how you have to upset teams. So I'm hoping it's a good game. Like, I'm hoping. Yeah, I I, I do too. But I just I can't I can't see a win I I cannot. Yeah, no, I I don't either. Um, we, we got a line on that. Let's let's see. Pull up a line for me as we continue to move on. I I, I want to bring up obviously the biggest disgusting puke of the Sweet Sixteen is Iowa State. It's the grossest road, obviously, to the Sweet Sixteen. Them getting matched up with a six seed in LSU was already gross to begin with. And then with Wisconsin, Wisconsin playing one of the worst games they possibly could have, could not even make anything, turned the ball over like it was nobody's business, played you know, everything, the whole game bad. And they only Iowa State only wins that game by five and moves on to beat Wisconsin 
Like this team is so gross, but guess what? Then they pull up against a 10 seed now in Miami. He's playing really good basketball. Um, we kind of talked about it on the pod coming in. This Auburn team's good, but I hinted at it. I was like, this team can go cold randomly. They've got, you know, they've got some players, but, you know, Walker Kessler is not this, you know, behemoth of an offensive threat. You know, uh, Jabari Smith can disappear for a little bit, and Miami had too much firepower. How bad is Miami going to work Iowa State? I want to think they're going to beat them by like 20, but. Iowa State seems inevitable this year. It doesn't make sense. This team makes absolutely no sense. They work people in non-conference, get worked in conference, and then now is like gone back to their non-conference form. And like they kind of have that St. Mary's style philosophy where they just try to muck everything up. They like to play slow and just make you turn over the ball, make you make mistakes. And I don't know. It's like two and a half so i like that's I oh i like slam to think, it i think two and a half i'm like i have to lead miami like just feed the hot hand this team it has the firepower because like iowa state has a very similar identity i feel like to tcu this year where it was like if you get down by like eight points it's like really hard for them to come back like it because they require so like so much time to set up offensive possessions and iowa state's kind of that way but it just feels like iowa state's inevitable like they're just gonna like be that random final four team that you're just like, what the heck? Like, why is this team here? Like the South Carolina with Frank Martin. It's just like, why are you here? Like you have no reason to be here. And so I'm probably going to stay away. I'm going to stay away. I've gotten, burned on, I've gotten burned on too many of these games this past weekend of like, it looks so easy that it's on one side. It's just Iowa State's playing some sloppy, good basketball. And like that's <laughs> it's just sloppy. <laughs> It's sloppy, but they make other teams play sloppy too. And like, that's how they win. And I just like, you can't prepare for that. You can't prepare for the rock fight that they throw at you. And so Wisconsin went two for 22 from three. You think that was all because of Iowa state? No, I think it's like, it's, it's definitely defense plus a little luck on the, like plus a little luck. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I think Miami is my best bet far and away two and a half. I love that. Um, it's the last game of the Sweet 16. Is there a game that you're seeing in this slot? I, I mean, I know it's still Monday um, with the lines just now coming out, that you're, or just like a matchup that you're feeling pretty good about, maybe more than the confidence of the uh, public. Yeah, uh, maybe not the pub. Maybe the, this might be a public favorite. Let me see where it opened. Oh, no, actually. Uh, that are, yeah, it might be a public pick. I like UCLA over UNC. I thought, oh, yeah, you do. UCLA's performance against St. Mary's is impressive by the amount they blew them out because St. Mary's is a team that plays so slow that it's hard to just blow them out like UCLA did. And they really put the tempo on them, they put the pressure on them. And I like that. And what I saw from UNC and Hubert Davis and kind of his first tough coaching moment, I did not like that. Right in front of Roy Williams blowing the game, I felt like UNC was a little undisciplined, that like guys were getting a little too chippy when they're up by 25. Like the point where they were in the second half, like all they had to do was basically just drain out the shot clock every possession and kind of like just do 
just enough, and they would have won that game, but they allowed Baylor to get back in it. And I hate those undisciplined – like, I hate undisciplined teams when it's getting to this point in March Madness because you're going up against the best teams of the nation. Like, although we have those teams like St. Peter's and stuff in in the Sweet 16, we have a lot of the best teams here. We still do, even with all the upsets that happen. So I don't like what I got from UNC coming out of the last game. I like UCLA. I think Mick Cronin is a significantly better coach. And just the firepower, it seems like UCLA struggled this year to get everybody on the floor healthy, and they finally have done that. And now they're clicking, and it looks very similar to what we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love this UCLA team. The thing is, when whenever you succeed in the tournament, you have to have a couple of things. Obviously, you have to have really good coaching um, because the g- games are such quick turnarounds that scouting reports and game plans are extremely crucial. Um, two, you have to have a creator on your team, a guy that can get you shot at any time, and they have two of those. You know, Johnny Juzang, even though he does have his low moments, he can go and get a shot whenever he wants to. Jaime Hawkes can do the same thing. They've got two of those creators. And then just a bonus point for UCLA is they just have a, a solidified all-around good team, good starting five. And, you know, a lot of those guys that have been there and done that and just got burned last to the Jalen Suggs shot last year. So they another thing, there's another bonus. They have a chip on their shoulder from last year because they feel like they got cheated because a guy had a running one-legged shot off the bank. That was, you know, one of the reasons that they didn't move on in the tournament. Um, so... I, I love this UCLA team. I love them versus UNC too because that UNC, even though they came back in overtime and won that game, it does leave a sour taste in my mouth that they blew a 25-point lead. Yeah, I just I don't like that. Do not, do not like poor coaching in March. So I can't, I can't mm-hmm. back UNC because of that. Yeah, Friday's got honestly like some really good games. Like we're all going to be excited about St. Peter's and Purdue going first on Friday. Um, then like Kansas Providence after that, which is a sneaky, be a sneaky, really good game. I like I like Providence plus seven and a half in that one. Um, I figure you would too. Um, and then North mm-hmm. Carolina UCLA after that, and then ending with Iowa State Miami. Um, honestly, I like that slate a lot better than the Thursday slate. Gonzaga Arkansas, you know, it'll be a good game. Just doesn't get me up and excited too much. Michigan Villanova, yeah, that's probably the that- least excited I'm about all, out of all the games. And then this is probably my second most excited one comes right after that is Duke, Texas Tech. Oh, yeah. I love – that's going to be stylistically a fun one to watch. Duke, more of a heavy offensive team. Palo Bancaro, like that's going to be – and then like Texas Tech being just kind of the pinnacle of Big 12 defense that makes games real – like really slow. And like I think that's honestly why these Big 12 teams have succeeded a lot because they've been used to having to really win games by getting good possessions and good shots off. Because like in the Big 12, nobody was really running this year. It was rock fights every single possession. You really had to get your sets, choose your shots. And that I think bred some really good teams in this tournament. And I think Texas Tech like is probably the best of those. Like they just defend so, so well. And uh uh, we talked about, I think, in our preview pod that, like, obviously not as good offensively as some of the past Texas Tech teams, but when they have the best defense in the nation, that will always keep them in games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll see, can that defense really show out versus, like, a superstar college basketball in Palo Bancaro? You know, the Big 12 has, you know, a lot of great teams, 
But, you know, it's kind of hard to put your finger on a guy with that kind of skill, you know, and is that, you know, big of a superstar in terms of like NBA talent. You know, we can talk about what Sochan, is that how you pronounce it, a Baylor? Yeah. Um, getting, you know, top 10 grades. But, like, I don't know how much you buy that. Like, they, Texas Tech has played a lot of good defense versus a lot of good teams, but they haven't played it versus a one-on-one guy who I can take you, back you down, and just do a turnaround jumper on you and score on you. Um, so in the way that Paolo bullied that last game, um, whenever they needed a shot and he went and got it and he put his shoulder down and honestly he looked dominant and he could get a shot anytime he wants it. So Texas Tech's team defense maybe might not be as good in a situation going against a superstar one-on-one player but you don't want to put all of your chips in one basket for if you're Duke and say, I, I ride by Palo, and if we don't, we lose. Yeah, and I think you bring up just a great point there. It's like where uh, we get two of these matchups, these Big 12 ACC matchups, and it's going to be really interesting, especially this Duke one, because it's like what the Big 12 hasn't faced is those elite scorers that we don't really have. We have a lot of great teams, but no – the, those true first round offensive talents like in our league whereas the ACC I think has a better offensive league but they have like defensively around there like you're not Atrocious. looking at anything good like nothing good and so they haven't had to play those super physical games so it's like I I like these kind of coin flip matchups because it's they're both both teams are having to face something that they haven't seen all year and like that's why I think like that one the Iowa State uh, Miami one and then Duke uh, Texas Tech are going to breed, I think, two of the better games. Yeah, that one's going to be, honestly, in terms of just good basketball, I think that Duke-Texas Tech game is going to be, you know, the best game. Yeah. Uh, it's obviously we're seeing if a guy is going to end up being, some people even talk about Paolo as the fourth pick in the draft now with, with the way Jaden Ivey's playing, which I think is ridiculous because yeah. I think Paolo is just a guy that, you know, his body type. And whenever he tries to play defense, you can see, okay, this guy could be a Jason Tatum. You know, I hate to make that like, com- like, you know, it's, I feel like it's a little bit lazy just because of the Duke comparison, their play style, but like Paolo's bigger, but if he can play that play style and take over games, like he can be that kind of player to where he is the na- main number one option on a team and just can take over. I agree. Yeah. Jaden, I'd be like, Guards, you can find good guards every year, but this year the amount of forwards, the versatile forwards that we've seen is something off this chart, like off the charts. And those are players you don't find like every year, mm. every once in a while. A forward that can play, like we have a guy in Chet Holmgren that's over seven feet and plays like a point guard at times, like with the way he handles the ball and the way he moves and uh, an elite defender as well. So I, I agree. Like the forwards, the forward played this year in college basketball especially at the top level with Jabari, Paolo, and then Chet have been fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree too. Um, kind of like ending out this podcast, keeping it around 30 minutes in short. Uh, we both picked Gonzaga to win the national championship, kind of chalky with the number one overall seed, but obviously they have all the tools. They did show some things and some weak moments throughout this tournament, and we've seen a lot more basketball from some of the other teams that have made it to the Sweet 16. Are you wavering in your pick of Gonzaga? Do you feel less, more confident, some of the same? Or who would be a team you would consider to say, I bet you they could probably win? Um, 
this national championship? I'm not I'm not wavering too much. Like I think Memphis was a little concerning, but Memphis is like when they kind of were able to p- put some of the pieces together at the end of the season to really untap their athleticism and just like make it hard for teams. And so uh, I'm not going to put too much weight, like weight into that. But I, I would say, because like, I think their elite a matchup is going to be hard. Like I think either Duke, like they obviously played Duke lost to them, but it was, I think Duke played a fantastic game. Gonzaga, not as much like kind of blew it towards the end. Or, like, Texas Tech. Like, I would definitely want Duke in that matchup. I don't think, like, Texas Tech just kind of seems like is trap city right there. But I guess, like, other teams I'm excited about. Um, like, I've been really excited for UCLA out of their bracket. I love the mm-hmm. offense. I would, I would, He's hopping love- on now. Come on aboard. I know. Like, they, they finally kind of put everything together. And it's like, okay, this is the team. This – it what last year wasn't a fluke. It's like once these guys get on the court, like they're good. And so uh I like them. And then I guess like now nah, like I don't really like Kansas still. Like they kinda Creighton's a physical team, struggled against them a little bit, but their bracket is just so weak. It's so weak down there, like probably gonna hit either Miami or Ohio State that you've already worked. So like mm-hmm. they have a chance, but I just hope. I pray that Arizona loses. I just want them to lose to Houston, even though yeah. I hate Samson and what I hate watching Houston basketball. One of my least favorite teams to watch. Honestly, though, it's it's honestly a shame. Uh, I mean, not for us viewers, but for Gonzaga, just looking at what they have in their division. You know, having to play Arkansas and then either Texas Tech or Duke, and then you go down to the Midwest division, and you see Kansas, Providence, Iowa State, Miami. You go to the East division, you see UNC, UCLA, Purdue, St. Pete's. You go to South, you see Arizona, Houston, Michigan, Villanova, and you're just like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, I probably would rather play so many more of those teams than the guys I have to go against. So Gonzaga's definitely got the toughest road now, even though they are the number one overall seed. Um, so we'll see. We'll learn a lot from them. But I agree. I, I still feel Gonzaga is the best team. And like, like you said, Memphis just matches up pretty well for them. You saw Jalen Duran really pound hard on Chet, um, really gave him some troubles. But Chet still kind of held his ground, even though he got dominated a lot. You know, he still didn't fold. Um, and that team ended up winning the game, um, even though there were some kind of bleak moments. But uh, continue to hope for Gonzaga to win this. Um, but there's still a lot of questions. Sweet 16 is going to be a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, you got anything else you want to talk about the with the tournament or one last sad boy frog comment? Uh, yeah, like I'll actually – today I was – I hit a point where I was like, I'm probably not going to watch the tournament this year. Oh, like, come I, on. I think I'm done. But this then like I Bobby said he was going to quit fantasy football after he got – I know, I know. <laughs> and so then I was like, okay, I got to come – like it's like I got – I'm going to come around. But it's like it's one of – it's definitely one of the harder moments because like I've always loved March Madness and – Part of the reason why is because my team's never really been in it. And so there's no stakes there. I'm just kind of enjoying the madness for what is happening and just enjoying the basketball. as like a casual basketball fan, which is kind of like what I do most of the year. Like I watch every TCU game, but I watch a lot of other college basketball just because I like college basketball and I get so much happiness from that. My sadness comes from TCU. And so 
this kind of like I hit a point where I was like, I might not want to do this. Like this hurts too much knowing, knowing the stakes and knowing what other teams get to enjoy that I was robbed of, but I'll come around. Like I, I want to see Arizona just fall on their face. And so I'm just like, I'm praying for that to happen. I'm slamming every side. Uh, they keep on oh, continuing. Man. I'm slamming, I'm slamming every single side. So uh, they must, they have to be stopped at all costs. I'm, tired i'm sick and tired of this arizona team so uh yeah i just i can't believe we almost won that game it just we got robbed it just hurts man and that arizona houston game is just going to be slam city because it's going to be at the nine o'clock game it's going to be late your picks are going to already be in from the past three and you're going to be like, okay, I feel bad. I feel good. I'm about to unload. Can you imagine if that was the Friday night game? Now, that had been a different story. Um, I I never suggest your team being the last one to play every single round. It sucks. It sucks. You're just nervous the entire time. You're enjoying the basketball before, but you're like, it's just looming over. You want, like, a few games under you and be one of the afternoon games. Like, you want to be able to move on because today, like, I felt like crap. I was just like, this sucks. I hate that. So, like, I had no time to process it. I literally just stayed up all night just, like, reading Twitter, like, feeding myself all the videos, mm-hmm. like, making myself even more angry. It turned from angry to sadness, and it's like, it's just so crazy. It's like, if you would have told my past self that we had a game where Jamie Dixon coached a great game, I would have told you we won 100 times out of 100, and that it's just sadly got that got taken away from us but you know that feeling that you had right there where you watch a game really late at night everyone else is watching it and then you lose in a heartbreaking fashion and then um you see all these horrible things on twitter and they just hurt you that's what it's like being a, a los angeles chargers football fan and you like to poke the bear whenever i'm in that same position and it's a very similar situation that you are in, very comparable. So that feeling, no, where I'm no, sitting no, there, no, I'm the sitting, on, I'm sitting on my, am I, I'm legitimately, I'm like, okay, no, I'm sitting no, on no. the floor of my living room for the pe- next hour, and I can't go to sleep. That's the feeling. No, 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 no. See, the Chargers do it to themselves. <laughs> it's because of their performance and what they do at the end of games is what's cost them. We did not cost ourselves that game. It got unfairly robbed from us. So it wasn't a lack of performance on our end. It was more the horrible officiating, which kind of reared its head in the UNC Baylor game too. Like I know their coaches were uh, mm-hmm. calling for those refs not to move on because like Brady Manick probably should not have been ejected for – something that soft like so but Mm -hmm. it just hurts it's one of those you hate to be the guy that complains about the refs but it's like the one identifiable moment that you can like really point to and it's like this turned the game and it just i'm gonna i don't know how i'm gonna cope with this one i'm tired of tcu just getting robbed it's it's been such it's not a fun fandom anymore so Oh man, he's instilled the first stage of denial, of denial, of grief, and oh my gosh, uh, that that that's a bummer, Blake. But you'll get through it. You'll you'll move on through the stages of grief, uh, past denial, after the it's, in the next couple of days. It's truly the hope that kills you. If you ever get happy about your team, don't, because that means they're just about to rip your heart out. Just always be a cynic. Always be a cynic. That's what oh I'm doing God. about TC baseball this year. I can't go through a TC baseball season and us lose to Dallas Baptist again in our own regional. I can't do that again. Like I can't go through that heartbreak of losing to some school of like 500 kids. Like I can't. So yeah. just be a cynic. 
before be before I make you out. before I before I like kill your your whole ego of sports fandom anymore. Let's cut this off. Um, it was a good pod. It was fun. Um, congratulations to Bobby once again. He's he's off this week because he is um, on his honeymoon. So congratulations to him and his wedding. Um, but it was a lot of fun hosting this schooner pod and talking about some basketball. We'll be back next week um, talking a little bit more March Madness, see if there's any new OU news coming up. Um, obviously, people are looking for OU football news. This is so, so slow. It is miserably slow. I don't even know what to talk about. Um, but we'll get some spring game knowledge coming in here in about a month in April. But while we have you, we're going to talk about some basketball. So, uh, Blake, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, everyone, remember, use promo code TPPN on DraftKings if you're ever trying to make some bets or use some fantasy matchups. And everyone, have fun watching March Madness this coming week.